This is the Wealth Ability for CPAs show. Better clients, better practice, better life. Here's Tom Wheelwright. Welcome to the Wealth Ability Show for CPAs, where we're always discovering how to create better clients, build a better practice, and have a better life. This is Tom Wheelwright, your host, founder, and CEO of the Wealth Ability Network. You know, AI and blockchain could actually eliminate the job of the CPA as we know it. So today I'm very excited because we're going to discover how to become a CPA your clients can't live without, even with AI and blockchain and any other technology. Because today we have a very special guest on our show who is an absolute expert in customer service. And I love the industry he comes out of because it's the spa industry. And of all industries, I think this is the one where customer service is the most important and sometimes can be the best and sometimes can be the worst. I'll get back to this in a second. Now I have something specifically for CPAs. What if you could discover a simple way to double your profitability in the next 90 days without adding any new clients? That's right. Whether you're a CPA, tax advisor, other tax professional, accountant, bookkeeper, in my newest resource, I will walk you through a simple five-step process that's proven to help you do just that. We have members of our network that have doubled their profitability in 90 days or less, and you can do this too. Now, to get your free copy, just go to wealthability.com slash CPA profit. That's wealthability.com slash CPA P-R-O-F-I-T. Get this new resource so that you can double your profitability in the next 90 days. So (laughs) I think it's great to have uh, John Julius on our show because John is truly an expert in customer service. He's built one of the greatest salons, spas in the in the country, in the world. And John, it's just an absolute pleasure to have you on our show. Thank you, Tom. I'm really excited to be part of it. So John, if you would, just give us a sketch of you know where you've come from and why you're spending so much time, because this is your like what you do full-time now, is, as I understand it, is customer service. So why, where'd this all come from? Well, 27 years ago, uh, me and my wife opened a small salon and Four chairs, 900 square feet, and we had the three no's, no money, no customers, no employees. And so the only thing, and, and there was a salon and spa within, you know, a stone's throw away in every direction on, on the street we were on and, and the neighborhood we were in. And, and so we couldn't compete with building a nicer facility, um, advertising more. Uh, but, you know, what we could compete with was giving an experience that not only was um, you wouldn't find in the salon and spa industry, but we wanted it that something that if you left, your wife left our salon, she wasn't going to find it anywhere else she went that day. You know, whether it be meet a girlfriend for uh, lunch, um, you know, go to the doctor's office or go shopping. And so um, that fanatical obsession uh, really catapulted us, you know, in, in the 90s. And, and we just started growing, 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 opening up multiple locations. Um, people started asking, you know, me to speak locally in, in, in Cleveland, Ohio. And, um, you know, I was flattered and it wasn't anything I set out to do. And then 
Every time I spoke, two to three more leads came in asking if you could do this for corporations, associations. And then I wrote my first book, uh, Secret Service. Um, uh, all five of my books are on customer service. Um, and that came out in 2002. And that pretty much took me out of the salon and spa industry overnight. And I became a customer service speaker and consultant and started working with, you know, the real legends like, um, you know, the Ritz Carlton's and Starbucks and Chick-fil-A and Price Waterhouse and, you know, just, you know, all these great companies. And um, then I, while we st I still own the salons and spas, um, I don't have anything to do with them day to day. Uh, um, we have a customer service consulting firm that, um, you know, that's all I do and, and, and we focus on is, is creating, uh, you know, uh, as you said, a brand clients can't live without and, and we focus on helping make price irrelevant. So, so let's, let's start. I like the idea of making price irrelevant. We'll get to that point and we certainly want to do that. Uh, let's start though with really, really basic um, I, I want to ask you a really basic question because I think we we all think we know what customer service is. I'm not sure that we do. So how do you define, when you talk about customer service, how are you defining that? Well, you know, especially going into the industry you're talking in, and you opened with it, um, you know, the, the sweeping changes of the technolo technological shift is the commoditization of professional knowledge, right? For decades, professionals were able to charge a premium fee for their expertise, which was considered rare and valuable. But as a result of living in the world, access to, you know, internet and the value of expertise in many professions is dramatically reduced. Much of what, you know, customers would have called an expert for, um, you know, we can find, you know, a, a, a few minutes online. So how do professionals differentiate themselves? And so, um, and that's uh, what we're going to discuss, uh, you know, on this. But, um, you know, one of the things is stop calling it service, um, especially in the professional service arena, because you have so many, uh, you sell actual services, right? You have accounting right. financial services. I was at a, 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 you know, a big, you know, accounting firm, and I saw that they had this customer service room. Um, and I said, oh, God, let me see that. And when I went, all it was was envelopes. And, you know, I mean, it was like, you know, so the term <laughs> has just gotten so watered down. Right. Um, you know, so let, let, let's name it something else. Let's name it hospitality. Or let's name it experience where it doesn't get, you know, diluted with the services you're actually selling. Right. But it, it, it's how we make a person feel. And, you know, listen, you, you, get, you better be smart. Um, but. I, you know, I have found that in, in, in any time I've worked in the industries that have anything to do with technology, financial, medical, um, they have the, the professionals, you know, doctors, lawyer, legal, lawyers, accountants, um, they have the lowest service aptitude. Um, and it's like, well, why is that? Well, you know, they, they have the most schooling. Right. The, to, to get into their industry was, you know, you know, brutal. And then once they become a professional lawyer, accountant, medical, um, it's not like their their education's done. Right. They have to continue uh, constantly, constantly. And there wasn't a lot of room left for the soft skill, 
um, you know, and, 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 and building relationships and all those things. So that's one, you know, valuable crutch. But the other is that there is an ego. Um, there is an ego that, you know, I am very, very smart. And, you know, there's that, you know, that, that traditional um, stereotype that, you know, these types of professionals say, you know, you should be lucky that you have me. Um, and listen, I always say this, my accountant that saved me $35,000 last year on a tax loophole, while I'm glad he did, I'm pretty sure any accounting firm I would choose would know, would know that same tax loophole. So, you know, financial brilliance by itself is a commodity. There's a lot of smart well, and, people out there. And what's going to happen, John, is that with, with AI technology, I mean, we're actually, we, my, our company is building this right now. With AI technology, you're, I mean, as I understand AI, it really starts at a master level. So if a master is 60,000 hours of experience and expertise, that's where AI begins and then it goes up from there. And so all that expertise is not going to mean so much anymore. And so I don't think it's going to be enough to just be smart and to know what you're doing. It's going to take more. And this whole idea of customer service, I mean, here's the other side of it. The most important customer we have, the most important customer is the customer we have. It's not the customer we're going to get, it's the customer we have. And we spend so much effort trying to get new clients. And we seem to spend, in my experience, a lot of CPAs seem to spend very little time actually building relationships. And so, you know, I think about when I go into a spa, I spa, all spas are not created equal by any means. I mean, I, my wife pretty much likes any spa. I don't because some spas I walk out and I don't feel good. And other spas I walk out and I feel great. And so to me, you know, part of it is, you know, how are you treating me that's different from how you're treating everybody else? Does that fall into what you're talking about when you talk about really the, the real customer experience? Yeah, yeah, I mean, it absolutely does. It, it, the challenge, and, and to be honest, I probably would have never mentioned on this uh, interview about the salon and spa. And I know that's silly, uh, but... The, the, my biggest frustration is is when I deal with you know people and, and industries is as soon they're always looking for a reason <laughs> right. to discount exactly. and so you know so you got uh, you know accountants on this listening to you to us right now say whoa 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 you know uh, a, a salon and spa is not a, a grudge buy you know dealing with your accountant sometimes is. And as it's no disrespect, but I mean, you know, people want to go to the salon. People want to go get a massage. People, you know, want to get their hair done. Um, not a lot of people, you know, want to, you know, spend the time and money, you know, on an accountant. And, and you know, Which that's, makes the you know, experience where, that much more important, doesn't it? Exactly. Exactly. The, the, the bar is set so low. Um, and, you know, it, 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 but becoming, you know, I, I'll give you one great, great example. I have a client in Columbus that said to me about another vendor partner. Oh, I, I wanted to finish the thought here. So, you know, I'm a, a customer service consultant. We have, you know, several customer service consultants and we have the exact same business model as, as an, a, an accounting firm. Right. Um, you know, we're, we're B2B, but, you know, just like, like, you know, your industry, you know, there's a lot of stuff that people can get, you know, offline now. So we have to make sure we're providing so much value. And so one example I'll give is uh, 
um, there's a, a, a client of mine who uh, said to me one time, he hopes he dies before his banker. And I was like, what? Like, well, what do you mean? Because I'm like, you know, I don't even think I would go to my banker's funeral, you know? You know, what, what do you mean you hope you die before your banker dies? And this is how he responded. He goes, I, I, I can't live without him. He goes, um, to the point that, he goes, I don't make a decision without calling him first. And he says, if I was thinking about painting the walls at my corporate office a different color, I would call my banker first. And he goes, I'm pretty sure my banker doesn't know jack about interior design and what colors best on a, you know, walls, but I know he knows someone that does. And when he said that to me, I was like, wow, like that's how I want to be considered as, you know, to my CEO, you know, clients as a, a, a partner you can't live without. And so there's another example in my book that says, are you in your CEO's um, foxhole or, or uh, um, bomb shelter? And what that means is, you know, uh, you know CEOs of, of, of our clients. Um, you know, we, we have this metaphoric bomb shelter that if we were going to be under attack tonight, we have two, right? We have a personal one that we take our, our, our spouse and on most days, all of our kids, right? And then we have a professional one. Now, the professional bomb shelter only fits three of our vendors. That's all it has room for. Are you know you know everyone listening? We needed to you know are we would we be would we have a seat in our clients' professional bomb shelter because they can't fathom living life without versus they say oh I can get that cheaper somewhere else tomorrow I don't care if they get blown up but I can't live you know I can't fathom life without them. You know your 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 example of the banker uh, I think is a is a really interesting example. I I had an experience uh, a few years ago where. <laughs> Um, because I, you know, as CPAs, we do know a lot of people and I actually oh had, some, I actually had somebody hire me and, um, I'm not cheap and they hired me specifically for an introduction to one of, to one person that I knew because they could not get an introduction anywhere else. I mean, they got a lot of other value too. I mean, they, you know, they sure. call me all the time now, but that's, that was a big deal to them. So I think sometimes we discount as CPAs, not just what we know, because I think we discount that all the time, but we also discount who we know and the importance of who we know and actually being a center focus of, okay, if you need somebody in some area, I'm the guy, uh, we're the people to call. And then you do become indispensable because they're always calling you about those things. And now you have a relationship. Exactly. I mean, so, so I have, you know, kind of a, 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 a example of, you know, how, how you become a partner your clients can't live without. So uh, I'll rattle some off here. But first one is love what you do and make it obvious. Like, like do your clients feel your enthusiasm? Like, I love customer experience and I, people can usually tell, you know, in my voice and, 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 and you know, that, that, you know, that, I, I, that's the type of people we want to be sure. around. It's, it's the way I love taxes. I, I, I have, a, I have a, a good friend and client um, and I can say their name because they're public about it. Uh, Kim and Robert Kiyosaki. Um, Robert wrote Rich. Um, yeah, Robert yeah, 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 yeah. Right? So, so Kim laughs because 
she'll be talking. The minute she says tax, my ears pop up. I'm going, did you talk about taxes? Are we talking about taxes now? And she just, <laughs> she just, she, she cracks up and she goes, Tom, anytime, you know, there's tax, anything, and everything's about taxes. And I do, I get that excited about, right. about taxes and the tax law. And I do think that when we're around people that are excited about their business, it means that it's really not their, it's not their job. It's not their business. It's their calling. And we want to be around people like that because we, that, that Absolutely. energy is infectious to us. Just the same as if we have bad energy and, you know, we, we pick up the phone. It's like yesterday, just yesterday, I pick up the phone and I, I call one of my vendors and the response was, oh, hi. And I'm, and immediately I'm thinking, what did I do wrong? And it was, it was very much that way to, to the point where I immediately called um, this person's boss to find out, uh, is there an issue here? Because I want to be the best customer in the world, right? So are, are they having an issue with us in some way as a customer? Am I creating an issue because of the response I got from that energy? So I think whatever energy we give out is absolutely going to be reciprocated. No, you know, exactly. And, and I have a whole section on energy givers and energy suckers and, <laughs> and the difference. But um, no, your client should never meet anyone smarter than you at what you do. Um, some other tips to be in the part you, you, you know, they can't live without is go ugly early, right? So if it's, if it's not good news, sure. go, go ugly early, right? Be a resource broker. And that goes back to the example of, you know, if, if you need your walls painted orange, well, you know, that John wouldn't, you know, doesn't know, you know, John knows someone that does. Um, we need to know our clients top three goals for, for next year. And then that, you know, listen, they may have nothing to do with, you know, the financial thing, but we need to know those so we can help them and make those introductions, be, be as committed to the success of the customers they are. Um, and, you know, educate versus sell. I love this. The best companies, uh, you know, I've ever done business with educate versus sell. It's not just about selling them. It's about educating where sometimes that means you lose the sale because it wasn't the right time, you know? And so it's just, it, it's, uh, I just think it, it's and, and, it, and knowing here, them so well. Here's an issue that I run into all the time with CPAs is that sometimes, and whether CPAs, lawyers, doctors, et cetera, and, and doctors less so, but CPAs and lawyers for sure, is that we get into this idea that, well, I've spent all these years learning this stuff. And if I educate you, you won't need me anymore. Where my philosophy is actually if i educate you you're going to be more successful and if you're more successful you're going to need more of me not less of me and so yeah. i i think this is i actually call it the black box way of looking at at professional services is that we keep it all in a black box instead of giving it out there it's like when i wrote my book tax-free wealth i i wrote i put all my tax strategies in there i didn't i didn't leave anything out i just there's it's like you say Every, every smart CPA knows these things, right? This is not like a secret. And yet it appears to be a secret because we have thousands and thousands of people who read the book and call us and say, my accountant never told me that. And I'm going, it's not because they don't know it. It's because they don't say it. And they haven't taken the time to educate you. So, so let's transition a little bit if we can, John, because I, I want to make sure we get to this point of making pricing irrelevant. Um, yeah. Because these are all important points on customer service. Because I think that the the biggest loss we have in our business 
um, the, the number one biggest loss is when we lose a good client because, yeah, we may lose a client because, you know, they were bought out or something like that. That's great. Hooray. You know, we're happy for them. But if we lose a client because of poor customer service or because of technology, that's on us. And that's, you know, and we have to take ownership of that and not think that make excuses. Well, you know, they had a problem or it was really their fault or whatever. It's, you lost the the customer. (laughs) If you lose a client based on price, that's on you too. And so many people out there are shaking their head. No, 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 no. I totally agree. You know, uh, you know, and, and I, one of my favorite quotes is discounting is the tax you pay for being average. You know, anytime I, I, we've ever lost or, you know, had a, a price complaint in any of my businesses, it's not because the client wasn't uh, what, what, what was cheap or wasn't willing to pay it. It's because the experience didn't warrant it. I just fired my accounting firm because they were way too expensive. And so you got to well, be. They were way too expensive for what they did. For what they did. Now, I, I never right. took care, but they just, they just weren't doing anything outside of, you know, what, what, right. you know, the staple stuff. And you, you better be the best or the cheapest. I, I, I agree. I agree. You, 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 you've got to be so good that they don't even care what they pay. And that's, you know, that's what we want to do. So how do you do that? So here, making price irrelevant doesn't mean that you can double your prices tomorrow or even raise them 25% um, and not lose existing or potential customers. What making price irrelevant does mean is based on the experience, you, your brand, anyone I come in contact with consistently delivers. I have no idea what your competition charges, right? And we're all, we're all price sensitive. And I've been the idiot that's driven three extra miles to save 50 cents on something not realizing I just lost in that exchange. But (laughs) we also all have personally and professionally people we do business with, only a few, but people that we are so loyal to that I recommend, you know, to, you know, oh, Tom, you got to use. But but sometimes if you ask, well, how much does he charge? I don't know. Um, Yeah, I can go find out. I get my assistant pull out his last invoice, but I don't care. Like I, it just, I, I'm not out price shopping him because I know, you know, the, 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 the cheaper I go, the more it could cost me. And I'm not ever risking that. So, you know, it's building that rapport. It's making sure that everyone on your team knows how to operate in the relationship economy. And it's not common sense anymore. Um, the, the lack of social skills um, our society has today um, is the problem for business leaders to solve. So they got to make sure that they are training, you know, themselves and their 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 existing and future generation employees of how the art of, of, of relationship building. And that's a that's a, a Greek world at no fault of their own to a lot of younger generations. So so how do you actually make a, your company customer centric? Because that's that's what I keep hearing from you is that look the customer it's all about the customer you know we've got to have a relationship with the customer how do you actually do that? Well, it starts at the top. I get two types of questions you know after I speak, and, and the first one is, can we really get fifty five hundred five thousand employees to do that? That that's the easy part. Uh, I mean, it's not easy, but that's the easier part. Follow the methodology. The second question is the one that is really tough for me to answer it's and someone comes up and says hey how do i get my ceo my vp my boss to buy into this and i usually answer well get her the book have them come to the next presentation but what i'm really thinking in my head is you're screwed 
right? I mean, <laughs> service, service aptitude starts at the no, top. No and question. if we think about any company, any company that we all would agree, you know, Disney, Zappos, Amazon, Starbucks, um, Virgin Airlines, American Express, any company, we'd all agree, yep, those, those are in a class by itself. Apple, um, you could see why. Right. You could see why, because the person that was that, that started it was running it. Walt Disney, Richard Branson, Howard Schultz, Tony Shea, Jeff Bezos are obsessed about the customer experience. And if it's not at the top, if it's not a core value of the parent, it'll never be a, a core value of the, 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 the children. And so it starts there. And then training, you know, another question I love to ask people is, you know, if you're going to take a new employee, whether it's to answer your phones or, you know, you know, be a, your, your newest CPA, um, how much training do you give them before they can start, you know, working with your clients? And, you know, the answer, the first answer is not the one I'm looking for, but some people say two days, some people say two weeks, some people say two months. Great. That's, that's not what I'm looking for. Now, what I want to know is of the 48 hours, 400 hours, or 4,000 hours of training you're going to give them, how much of it is technical, right, and, and operational right. and process, and how much is soft skill, um, showing compassion and empathy, building rapport, uh, you know, making a brilliant comeback when you drop the ball. And in most, 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 it's 98% operational, and the soft skill is, hey, Tom, see that sign in the back uh, room that says we're, we, you know, customer centric, go do that. And, you know, if I tell a hundred people to, to go above and beyond, or I tell a hundred people to be customer centric, that's processed a hundred different ways. The best companies remove the, the variation and teach what that actually looks like black and white. Well, and, and here's, let's finish up with this because I think this is a really important point. What, what I see is, is you have to live it and you have to put your money where your mouth is. So one of the things I, I, I heard a story once, and you've, you've worked with Ritz Carlton, and I've heard a story mm -hmm. once that they give everybody the authority, everybody down to the, the housekeeping authority to spend a certain amount of money on any one customer yep. during the day to make sure that that customer's experience is, is is happy and, and, and something that they really want to walk away with. So the, the challenge, I think CPAs, you know, we say that CPA stands for cheapest people in America, right? Yeah. So, so the challenge we have is, is that we have to put the, our money where our mouth is, which means we actually have to actually spend the time and the money. And this doesn't mean sending, you know, holiday gifts to our clients. Although I think that helps as long as a, as, a, as long as it's a good gift, not a, not a, not a logo driven gift, but, I think that we, that means we actually have to spend the time. I mean, when we're selling our time, right? I mean, we basically sell time. And so if, if we're selling our time and we're taking time for doing this, then that means we're putting our money where our mouth is. So I, I totally agree that it's, it's not just teaching it. It's actually taking the time out to do it and to set that example because nobody else in the organization is, is going to do something that the boss isn't willing to do. You're absolutely right. I mean, it's experience on the inside has to be experience will be experience on the outside. John, if you can, one if if you had one thing to say, one thing that that CPAs could do to make the relationship with their client better, what would that one thing be? 
collect Ford, F-O-R-D. All right, I love to ask people, you know, hey, who's good here at building an instant rapport with others? And everyone raises their hand, and I call BS. And, the, and what I mean by that is, um, you know, if you spoke to someone this morning, you stopped in your local Starbucks, or you went to a networking event, or whatever the, the, the uh, social was, and, you, you know, you could have spoke to someone for 15 minutes or an hour and 15 minutes, that doesn't mean you built a rapport. You could have been speaking about yourself for, you know, that hour and 15 minutes. And we are all preoccupied, genetically coded to be preoccupied. It's my flight that's delayed. It's my client that's upset with us. It's my son that got in trouble. So, so the best way to battle that urge to talk about ourselves is to focus on other people's Ford. And, and, and if, you, if you know two or more things of the other person's Ford, and I'll explain what Ford is, um, you not only built a relationship, you own the relationship. Because to each and every human being walking the world, their own Ford is the most, their hot button. Family, F, family. Are they married? Do they have kids? How old are their kids? Oh, occupation, right? What do they do? Who do they do it for? What's their title? How long they've been doing it? R, R is a big one, recreation, right? What do they do with their free time? Is he a runner? Does she do hot yoga? Does he coach literally? And then D, dreams, dream. What, what's on their bucket list? What's their dream vacation? What's their encore, um, you know, career? And, and you could do this in a very casual setting in a two, three minute conversation. Not all of them, but you just collect it. And now I know, and now I circle back with you in two weeks, uh, congratulating you on your first 5K to, you know, getting your son or daughter into Duke to all those things. Oh, thank you for that. So remember, uh, we got another Ford, and want to thank John DeJulius. Uh, John, how do we, how do we find out more about you? Where do we go? Uh, the DeJuliusGroup.com. The DeJulius Group. D i j u l i u s. The DeJuliusGroup.com. Um, and or email me, John, at the DeJuliusGroup.com. Awesome. Thank you so much. And just remember, everyone, that when we're building these client relationships and we take the time and we actually make the personal effort, because this all absolutely, as John says, has to come from the top. OK, we spend a little time to find out their Ford and actually pay attention to it and actually care about it and literally care about it. Then what's always going to happen is we're always going to end up with better clients, which creates a better practice. And for us, it's a better life. We'll see you next time. You've been listening to the WealthAbility for CPA show. Better clients, better practice, better life. To learn more, go to WealthAbility.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.